Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. And coming up on today's episode, why is James Harden? Why we gotta get back into one of these conversations? Who's better? James Harden, Dwayne Wade. You know, because a certain former player in this, I feel like everybody's just disrespecting D Wade. So we're getting into that. We're getting to the Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade out of Indy and what Jim Urshay had to say about that. And we're getting to what's going on in the 49ers camp. Is Brock Purdy really the guy and going to be the starter heading into the new season? Before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that the podcast is now airing on every Tuesday and Friday. And be sure to follow us on social media at Feel the Heat ENT. Feel the Heat Entertainment. It's on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter with the new logo <laughs> on Twitter. Or can we call it Twitter anymore? We call it an X. I'm not real sure. But, anyways, uh, be sure to check out the website as well. It's sportstalkfromthecrib.com. Posting uh, blog posts up there. You can stream the podcast on there as well. And it's available on all streaming platforms. So, go ahead. And follow. Make sure you hit the notification buttons. Some of you guys don't do that and they ask. So, well, that's what the notification button's for. So, be sure to um, follow. Hit the notification button on whatever streaming platform, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you're just streaming from the website. So, let's get into this first topic. It's kind of bothering me a little bit. It's like, who's the better player? Is it Dwayne Wade or James Harden? And the reason why we're having this discussion is because a certain former player, Jeff Teague, came on another podcast and said he'll take Harden all day over Wade. And we've been hearing this a lot about former players. So I'm trying to figure out why. Paul Pierce says he's better than Dwayne Wade. We all know he is not. Jeff Teague had his moments during his NBA career. And why is he saying James Harden over Wade? Hey, Wade had Shaq. Wade had Braun. Wade had Bosch. Wade had those guys. James Harden was could score on anybody. That's the argument. Yeah, he had about like three, four seasons where he was averaging almost damn near 35 points a game. It's because he was a ball hog. So you want to know what I think? D. Wade is way better than James Harden. Yes. You know why? Because he played both sides of the ball. And he's won a title. Not one. Not two. But three. D. Wade was that guy. That was flash for a reason. He won one title before LeBron. And if anybody says Shaq had anything to do with it, it's wrong. Because they were down 0-2 in that series. And guess what D. Wade did? He averaged damn near 40 points a game for the next four. And just took it. Right from Dallas. NBA Finals MVP. Yes, he may not have a regular season MVP, but he had an NBA Finals MVP. One of the most impressive NBA Finals This by an individual player in history of the game. James Harden, have you ever been to the NBA Finals? Oh, yes. Guess what? He lost to D-Wade when he had Braun. OKC, that was a young OKC team. You had Russell Westbrook. You had Kevin Durant. You lost. He beat you. So everybody is just 
kind of this at this debate who is the better basketball player. To me, it's not even a question. It was D Wade over James Harden. And here's some like career stats that they have. D Wade played 17 seasons. James Harden is entering his 17th season. So they're about on the same level in seasons. D Wade was an eight time all NBA team. James Harden was seven time all NBA team. Yes, we mentioned that one MVP James Harden has in the regular season. D-Wade didn't get one in the regular season, but he has three NBA titles and one scoring title. Harden has three scoring titles, but no championships. And I also believe if D-Wade, let's say, didn't get LeBron and Chris Bosh to come to Miami, I really believe he would have won another championship in Miami. Uh, it wouldn't have been two, but it would have been at least one more. I highly believe that. So let's look at some of the players that he played with. Of course, we know LeBron, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen was on that team. But there you guys, Ray Allen was at the end of his career. He had Shaq in the first championship. Noble guy, but Shaq was way past his prime. He also played with Jimmy Butler, but that was like his during his farewell tour. So you can really say that D Wade. Of course, the big three of Braun and Bosch were his big-time teammates. Look at James Harden. He had Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, um, Russell Westbrook, of course, from the OKC. He had Chris Paul in Houston with him. He had Dwight Howard in Houston with him. Uh, Joel Embiid in Philly. Played with KD, of course, in Brooklyn with Kyrie. That's how that got. He has no, some noteworthy players. He's been on some really good teams, some good players. It's this dribble, dribble, shoot, dribble, dribble, shoot. They never won championships. He's also demanded trades from them. Here we are again this year. He opts into his contract because he doesn't want to lose that $35 million guaranteed. And then demands to be traded. You opted in. That's your fault. You could have gone anywhere you wanted. Problem is now you're at the end of your career. And nobody wants you on their team. You can go play with your old guys. Maybe in LA Clipper. And go back and play with Russell Westbrook once again. If you really want to. You could have. But you opted in. That's the other thing I don't understand. You've made all this crazy money during your career. Who cares? Do you really need that much more? This is one of the reasons why. D-Wade was one of the best shooting guards of all time. You put Michael Jordan. You put Kobe Bryant. I'm putting Dwayne Wade behind them because he's a two-way player. I think he leads the uh, whole NBA history. He leads in blocks when it comes to guards. He was a great guy on the defensive side. Great steals. Locking down the the best defender. LeBron got there. LeBron came in and LeBron kind of switched on and off about that when he was Miami. But D-Wade was a great two-way player. One of the best two-way players in NBA history. Harden is not. He plays zero defense. He doesn't care about defense. He sits in the corner 
There's times where he's literally standing at the half court line, just watching if he doesn't have the ball. How can you call that one of the best NBA players of all time? So that's my reasoning why Dwayne Wade, there's just no contest. Paul Pierce, you're delusional. Jeff Teague, you're delusional. Yo, what did you get hit upside the head so many times during your career? You just hating on the guy that straight up owned you guys both. He owned Jeff Teague in the playoffs too. They just, there was no match. I think that's why they're bitter. They're hurting because Flash was Flash, one of the best guards in NBA history. All right, let's hop into our next topic. And guess what? We're having more running back drama in the NFL. We know like what happened. The running back boycott that they all get on the Zoom call. They all discuss you know, pay and equal pay and what they mean to the league. And all those running backs joined in. And then you see Saquon Barkley basically betting on himself. Gets out of franchise tag, but signs a one-year deal anyway. Didn't make much sense to me. Then you got, you know, Josh Jacobs still holding out, hasn't reported to camp. And now you have Jonathan Taylor saying, hey, I want out of Indy. I don't want to be a Colt. I demand to be traded. It may may not be the best week to do that. So I don't know who his agent is, but with everything going around the league with regards to running backs right now and them speaking out. Now you request a trade during that same time period when training camp has started. We're getting ready for our first preseason game. To me, it wasn't the best of timing. But Jim Mercer, the owner, came out with some interesting comments, but Shouldn't be all that surprising coming from him. He's handing out $2,000 in cash riding around in his golf cart to random fans. They're coming to see the practice, so who cares? But anyways, he pretty much said this. When he was asked about the trade, he pretty much just said, like, hey, I'm not trading them. Football's going to go on with or without them. So who cares? If I it pretty much said if I'm not the owner tomorrow, life goes on. So basically saying, I'm not worried about you. Jonathan Taylor's due a little bit over what, four million? He's in the final year of that rookie contract, like four point three million, I think he's due this year. So yeah, you know you're gonna want more. Yeah, you were MVP candidate about a year and a half ago. Running away, I mean, thought you're getting It was insane, the run that Jonathan Taylor was on with that Colt team. Now you look at the Colts, fast forward to now, in 2023. It's not 2021 anymore. You just drafted Anthony Richardson, a project quarterback. You got a new head coach. Trying to turn the tide here again. Now you want out. I don't blame them. I don't want to play in any year because I think they could be a pretty bad team this year. I don't expect big things out of them. Especially if Jonathan Taylor is not playing. Now what's even 
more bad luck. Like the backup running back is Zach Moss. I think, what did he break his arm today? So he's out. <laughs> so um, what are you going to do at running back if Jonathan Taylor holds out? He may have some leeway a little bit, but Jimmer say it's not going to pay you, and he's not going to trade you. So you're stuck. You're going to have to show up and play. Because I would be like, once my contract is up, I'm out of here. What are you going to do? Franchise tag you, Jonathan Taylor, next year? Are they going to franchise tag you next year if you play this contract out? Maybe. And if they do, so what? You're getting $10 million. And everybody's the backlash right on Jim Mercy, which he's not a very likable guy. I don't care for him. I'm with you on that part. I'm with him. He doesn't give a damn. But what does pockets look like? Because he's rich. And I respect the heck out of Jonathan Taylor. But let's be real. Bad timing. It's never going to be a good timing. The running back position, when it's viewed by the owners, is dead. They're not going to pay him because you're going to have three or four glorified years. And history shows you're going to start teetering off. Unless you're that elite. Unless you're Adrian Peterson elite. Barry Sanders elite. Like, it's just not going to happen. But in today's game where the running back does play a big part in the passing game as well, you can make your argument. But they're not going to see it that way. And it's the fortunate freaking facts. So, Jim Mercedes said it out loud. What every owner knows, what every owner is thinking, and what they all believe when they sit in their little meetings and they want to decide who they're paying and who they're not and what the market is. And, unfortunately, the running back position is just, you're getting all these kids coming out that are just, getting drafted in the fourth, fifth round, you use them up for a few years and they're done. That's basically what the NFL is going to. So, he's just, Zimmer say was speaking facts as a lot of people don't want to agree with. But it's facts. And everybody's on Jonathan Taylor's side. Which, I'm on him from this standpoint, I want the guy to get paid. I want the guy to... He's a great running back. He's one of the best top five in the league. And he was an MVP candidate just a year and a half ago. So when you look at it like that, you're like, yes, he deserves it. But you got to understand it from the other side. It ain't going to happen. You got to find a way to kind of beat the system. And it's going to take an agent and some really creative thinking to do so. So, okay. Now we're going into 49ers training camp. And they got three quarterbacks. So who's going to win out on this? Is it Brock Purdy? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Sam Darnold? We're really believing that Sam Darnold is going to have a year in San Francisco. I don't think so. Come on. Kyle Shanahan. Offense, he seems to be the QB guru, gets him out of the hole and this makes him good, makes him look good at least. But Brock Purdy, I guess he's just going in there as a starter. They're acting like he's the guy. 
out of the 49ers camp. And they're not really hinting at it. And everybody's pointing to Brock Purdy. What about Trey Lance? You trade maybe you traded three first round picks for him. Last year he got that unfortunate injury. You didn't really see. He had two starts. The one start was in a monsoon in Chicago. So you couldn't really evaluate him. Second start wasn't too great before the injury. He has this crazy athletic ability. He never lost at North Dakota State. Comes to the NFL. He was behind Jimmy G that first rookie year. Kind of getting in some running plays. Having him run QB sweeps. Getting him in the end zone. Or near the near, near red, zone package, red zone packages is what I to say. And then the second year you see this crazy athletic ability. You're like, oh, he's got the reins now. He's going to be the starter. You see it in the in the run game. You didn't really see it in the passing game. He struggled. His completion percentage. He's only about completing like what half his passes, so just above fifty percent. So Trey Lance, we really haven't seen too much of him, and we really didn't see too much of him in college. He only played the one year. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy, last pick of the draft, comes in last year, goes seven to one and eight starts. Those 14 TDs and two picks. Looking pretty damn good. The only loss he came was in the playoffs where he went down with that injury. And he, you know, all of a sudden the Niners were without a quarterback. He couldn't throw the ball. Had no velocity on the ball. But was it a fluke? Or is Brock Purdy really going to be that NFL quarterback? And I have a hard time believing that he's going to be. He was great last year. Don't get me wrong. But I could see it early in that playoff game versus the Philadelphia Eagles. It looked like they were going to get smoked no matter what. So I wonder if it was kind of like a little bit of a mirage of Brock Purdy and his success last year. So we'll see going into year two if he does get the starting nod and see how year two if he really is that guy. I don't believe he is just yet. I believe last year was still a little bit of a mirage, like fluky, despite him playing so well. <laughs> but Trey Lance, you would think, has to be that guy. He has to. You don't give up all that in the draft, and all of a sudden now in his third year, with barely even having him out on the field, saying he's a bust. Because this Niners team was just like literally just plays away from a Super Bowl. They've had a great damn team the last five, six years. Like, And before before that one, Jim Harbaugh had that run. This 49ers team's been pretty good for a decade for the most part. So Trey Lance, you got to put him in there as a starter. I believe he has the potential. He has to be on the field. The Ravenbaum in this few practices, yes, this practice, but the word is that Brock Purdy's got the leadership. He's taking all the starting snaps. Looks like if he is good to go, he was cleared by the doctor, so he's good to go. It's just he may be the week one starter, but Trey Lance has to get another look. He has to. Can you imagine the Niners being so close for so long? And they spent all that draft capital to get this guy to take him over the hump 
and he's a bust? When they could have added maybe other little pieces instead, they could have game. They could game because they had such a heck of a team. Defense is lights out. This the defensive players on this team. They're going to be another top two, top three defense again this year. With the personnel they have on defense, because getting them all back from injury, there was they were hit with injury after injury, and they were still one of the top defenses in the league. Add Trey Lance. A full offseason again. Giving him another shot. With the core they have. You still got Debo. You still got Christian McCaffrey now. He didn't play with Christian McCaffrey last year. That was a trade that I think really helped Brock Purdy. Was that Christian McCaffrey trade? Because Christian McCaffrey took a lot of load off. He was hitting the running back there. And being involved in the screen game. In that passing game. Just being a veteran. To help Brock Purdy out. I think he had a lot to do with Brock Purdy's success. Now put Christian McCaffrey with Trey Lance's athletic ability. That could be very, very dangerous. And the running game could be insane this year for the San Francisco 49ers. Because you put Debo in those packages too. Who are you going to stop? It's great speed. It's just a matter of the passing game. Can he get his accuracy up? Can we get a little more than this? those little quick outs? Can we get the ball down the field a little bit? This is going to be his deciding year. And I believe he is going to end up starting anyway. Just because we have to find out if he's that guy or if he's not. And that'll do it for today's episode. I want to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk with McCray with your host, Tanner Christian. Remember, we're airing on every Tuesday and Friday. It's available on all streaming platforms. And check out the website at sportstalkfromthecrib.com for your latest blog entries. You can stream the podcast on there as well. And check out our social media. Feel the Heat ENT is still Feel the Heat Entertainment. We're on Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever it is now, and Facebook and YouTube. So go check us out and follow us on there. Thank you all for joining me again. See y'all on Friday.